Welcome to another episode of Martinis, Middle Fingers, and Mysteries. We are two sisters from the same mister who love to drink and talk a lot of shit. So today, <laughs> we have a special guest who you just heard laughing, who is the mister. Hi, Dad. Hi, guys. What an honor it is to be with you. Hey, Dad. Yeah, hey. thanks for joining us. So, what is everyone drinking? What is... Uh, What's on the I menu? Have, I mean, I'm pulling up what this is called. It's a drink that I'm about to take the first drink of ever. It's called a blue on blue martini. It's got some vodka, some bitters, and some blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say this wrong. Siraco? Okay, fancy bitch. Okay. Well, and let me just like clarify this. Like, we, I don't know why, but we were like walking through a store and saw that blue stuff and thought we needed it. <laughs> and then I just looked for a drink that I could make with the blue stuff. So yeah. that's right. <laughs> also, that's awesome. Mm. Oh, that's well, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. I'll what do you drink? What are you guys drinking? Dad. Well, I, I wished I was drinking Tanqueray 10 Martini, but I'm um, I'm having Diet 7-Up. Yeah, and we'll get to the reason why soon. But, yeah, basically you have a legitimate excuse. So you get a pass. Yeah. But, okay. like, yeah. in January, you don't get a pass anymore. So just yeah, okay. enjoy That's the good. pass. Uh, I am very boring, and I'm just having a Tanqueray Martini. Dirty oh. with some garlic olives. So... Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to clink glasses with you both. I know. Yeah. Do it. How do I do this? You guys, you guys carry a lot of class. I don't know where you get it. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, man. Slurp. Yeah, I know. I just took a big gulp. It felt great. I, I have to say, it feels very strange to be drinking this early because, as like a mom of basically a toddler, I don't get to drink hard liquor until eight. So I feel very irresponsible. But she's being well taken care of. So scandalous. I know. Scandalous. <laughs> it's scandalous. I tell you. Liquor at happy hour. What? <laughs> I love it. I'm yes. loving it. It's great. So, um, well, should we explain what this episode's about? Yeah, it's about ass cancer, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you just I'm wanted guest to say ass honor. cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it is about ass cancer, but... Yeah. We, yeah, 2020 has been quite a year for all of us, but for Dad, it's been an exceptionally strange year. And you found out you had cancer this year. Right, boy, it sure did. Yeah. Yeah. You want yeah. a little background on it? Is that- yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear it. And maybe, like, tell us what it was like finding out that you have cancer of the ass variety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you you both know that for a couple of years I've had the energy of nobody, uh, just real low. Um, I went to cardiologists. They said my heart was fine. My coronary arteries are fine. Um, I had one cardiologist tell me, you're deconditioned. 
that's your problem. You're out of shape. I go, tell me something I don't know, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I was carrying on and trying to do the best I could. And it was time for my uh, type 2 diabetic uh, blood panel. So I went into my primary care physician here in Arizona. And <laughs> I got this panic call. This uh, woman's name is Dr. Pong. She's a fantastic um, primary care uh, physician and she said Mark I just got your blood panel get your ass <laughs> this is ty <laughs> typical Mark <laughs> so get your ass down to the hospital get your transfusion I said well you know maybe the you know maybe you didn't get the reading right maybe I should go back in for another blood panel she said oh okay if you think you want to so I went down and got another same same answer so uh, at that point, I uh, got my transfusion, and then they um, scheduled immediate uh, immediate colonoscopy to find out what was bleeding, because obviously I was anemic with my hemoglobin down to six. Normal range is 13 to 18. So <laughs> all, of a, all of a sudden, there became a, a register uh, mark on the wall as to why I was feeling like crap. So... Mm -hmm. So, so I go to the hospital, and you guys know this, but when COVID's in place, you can't take your wife or anybody in to support you. So I went in, did the preparation, and this guy's name is Paul Butler, who is the gastroenterologist that was doing this, and he's a fantastic guy, gruff, but very capable, and I liked him very much. <laughs> he put me under... Um, the next thing I know, I come out, but I'm still on the propofol, I think is what they call it. It's, it's a goofy drug. So you're out, and I'm laying there trying to get my wits about me in recovery, and this guy comes in, and he looks at me and goes, well, i got bad news. You've got colon cancer. <laughs> I was flying high. I was just high as a kite, and I went, Okay. <laughs> That sounds like bad news. He goes, well, it's not good news. I said, okay. So um, that's when I found out. And, you know, Marty uh, came around to pick me up at the hospital. And I went out and I got situated in the car. And she goes, well, how'd it go? You know, uh, my wife is one of the most positive people on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I got colon cancer. <laughs> Her mouth, her mouth dropped open. Mine, I, and I said, "I, I got to tell you though, when I first got the uh, notice of it, and we were driving home, it was like this huge clarification in my mm. life. I mean, mm. my senses were heightened. I was noticing details and beauty on the drive home. I mean, I was into being alive at that moment." And I decided on the way home to just kind of lean into it. Mm. If I've got it, I got it. What do we do? How do we get rid of it? Blah, blah, blah. And um, I tried to maintain and have so far maintained the kind of positive attitude about uh, if you really believe in your faith, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to you? You die and you go somewhere extremely better than where we are right now. That's my belief. But it was, I think, probably the hardest part of this whole thing was having to call you two mm. and the other sisters and tell them what was going on. 
because um, it, it's um, it's kind of a shocker if you hear it from somebody else that's close to you. I, and maybe I just turn the tables on you guys and say, what was it like to hear it from me? Hmm. Oh. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think my response was very typical, and I responded with fuck, which is my favorite word. <laughs> Um, and it fits in so many circumstances. It crossed my mind, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but honestly, there's only been two times in my life where someone has told me something and I've wanted to immediately throw up. And the first time was hearing some very graphic sex trafficking details that I have not even heard in horror films. And then the second time was finding out that you had cancer. I yeah. just immediately, it was just like, I think I need to go throw up now. Like, I, ugh, it was just the full body response that's how mm. i responded and lots of tears and you know that but Denise, yeah. or d what, how did you respond yeah um i think i think we i don't know if i knew that you were going in to get checked out i think i knew that um and so i had been mentally preparing myself for a myriad of answers and one of them was cancer mm-hmm. um and I think I, I'm noticing that when it comes to news like that, that it probably it takes me a while to like really internalize and process something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I immediately went into like I think probably problem solving mode. Like, yep. okay, what are we going to yep. do about it? What, this and that. And then I had probably over the course of the next week, and then um, through a series of conversations where the sisters and I kind of got together to be like, is everybody okay? Um, I had definitely had some tears because you know it's a scary word and yeah, yeah. yeah I probably dropped a few f bombs myself and um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah mine was like a, a slow I tend I think I tend to have a slow reaction and so that's how it went for me yeah yeah well I'm curious I mean. I don't. I didn't really know much about cancer before this personally myself. Mm-hmm. Um, has the journey so far? I mean, you're a third of the way through chemo. Um, is it different than what you expected, or are there things you did expect, or things that have taken you by surprise? I uh, yeah. I both. You know, I did a lot of research. I had good. Um, I think. Um, I, it's supernatural in my mind. I, we have such a good team of um, endocrinologists and surgeons and primary care physicians, and uh, that that um, gave me a sense of preparation. My oncologist is an ex um, researchist at the University of Arizona, and well schooled. I mean, we had a friend of ours that you both know from uh, the East Coast uh, who is actually doing research in this area and she gave us input. So uh, to answer your question, I went in this with a, an idea of what it was going to be like. Uh, I knew on the surgery part um, exactly what they were going to do, probably how much they were going to take out. The, the incisions were bigger than <laughs> They thought this was a softball-sized tumor, and so my surgeon said, I didn't do a very good job. I had to cut you open a little bit further than I expected, so that that was maybe a bit of a surprise. Uh, Moving into chemo, 
um, um, we had a differential CT scan that said I didn't have spots or other tumors and other organs, which was great news. Um, this recent actor who passed away at age 43, Bozeman, I think is his name, mm -hmm. probably had a, a much worse case of it, even though my tumor was larger, it wasn't dispersed. Um, but moving into chemo, after that was, the surgery was done, and after that I felt great. I felt very good support from the family, from you all. Um, uh, and, and Marty's been fantastic. Um, but moving in, there's a few sensations that I've had in recovery. My lower GI is surprising it's that much trouble. I, it seems to accumulate with each treatment. And I've had, uh, you guys both know I'm a major weeper on sentimental movies. Yes, <laughs> so which is I can't, I can't tell you the first time I got into <laughs> one of those movies, I'm going, I, love it. I started crying. Oh, <laughs> damn, it just hurt like a bastard. Oh, you know? oh. My, my tears were searing my eyeballs. No and, way. No. Yeah, no yeah, way. I had that, and I had uh, some cold sensitivity in my fingertips. Uh, Peter was uh, a friend of ours is over here and I was cutting a cold melon. I just couldn't do it. It was my hands oh. were hurting. So um, strange. So yeah, that's those things have been weird. <coughs> but I feel like in this God has given me a ministry. It's going to sound a little metaphysical, but uh, I go into this treatment center and they they do all kinds of stuff. You get bags of pre-meds and, you know, fluids, and they get you all ready, and then you have two different types of chemicals being pumped into you. But I can tell you, too, that the people that walk into this oncology treatment center are just fighting the fight of their life. You can just mm. see it in their eyes. Mm. and their posture and they can't stand or they they tend to be my age or older I know it's hard to imagine but most of them are I think my age or older and it's all kinds of cancers usually women with breast cancer and bladder cancer and pancreatic cancer and so on so what I've done is I, I know God has got me in this and so I have a very relaxed attitude about being there and I put on my tunes, my headphones go in, and uh, it's party time in terms of music. Music has always carried me in my life. Mm -hmm. And I look at these people and I pray for them, and I'm beginning to know them by sight. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. impose my presence on them or anything like that, but I've been praying for each and every one of those people every two weeks for four to six hours, just mm -hmm. sitting there. That's so cool. Watching them, and I—I uh, I really believe in the power of prayer. Whether you have a Christian or Jewish or Islamic tradition, the power of prayer is pretty well known, I think, and it has a positive uh, impact. So that's that's become a little mission field for me in a way. That's really cool. Do you? Uh, what's it like in there? Um, do you see the same people every time you go? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, they, they tend to schedule you, and I think you get scheduled with the 
uh, let me describe some of the people. You know, one of the guys is an ex-World War II or Korea, probably Korean vet, now that I think about it. And he, he's got um, throat cancer, and it's gone to his eyeball, and, <laughs> and he has to wear a hat because the, the lights are so glaring. Almost everybody covers up with a blanket. Yeah. So far, I haven't needed to do that. And there's, uh, you pardon this um, uh, informality, but there's a Watusi woman that comes there, and she's just powerful. I mean, tall, black, beautiful woman, and I think she's struggling with breast cancer, and several times she sat next to me. And uh, a lot of these people are, are get, coming in just for fluids to stay hydrated because their body isn't doing that for them. So um, I've, I just have such gratitude going to and from um, that I'm where I'm at and it's given me a new focus on what I'm gonna do um, with my life. I'm gonna use every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I mean, so you're saying you're your perspective has changed is your dreams kind of post-cancer or what you want to do with the rest of your life changed because of the cancer yeah i think so um i don't run around with my hands ringing going oh my god what am i going to do with my life you know Mm -hmm. um but it's given me clarity and we went uh, down and we've been pretty frugal and we went down and we're unfrugal <laughs> and bought a new uh, Hyundai Palisades because we want to travel more when this is over and come see people and go see people and maybe pull the trailer maybe not but um, it's more than we would have spent otherwise I think there's a little bit of added risk in that and we're buying a property on the Washington coast um, so we can be closer to family or at least hitting distance we're kind of ways from, away from you all and that's been the main drag uh, on our move down here. Um, so, I th- yeah, I think it's given me more intensity. I mean, we now have a project called house building, right? So mm-hmm. we're into permits and contractors and subcontractors, and it's it's a project, and you both know I love projects. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even uh, chemo uh, can't stop you from buying property and doing a project, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was talking to my realtor and I said, "What cancer?" I mean, what? Nice. No, I mean we just. Um, why would you change? Uh, I suppose if I knew I was going to die in four months, it, it'd be a little different. But I, mm-hmm. they've characterized me as low risk, and I've just accepted that and accepted both the natural support that I have from the surgeons and the caregivers and the expertise on that side and the supernatural team I've got in place too and there's a ton of people I mean it's just amazing um, the good um, how well regarded you are I mean that's been heartwarming to me mm-hmm. you definitely are it's cool I, I think it's awesome that you're still like of course you're low risk and um, you know you're likely going to be fine but i can see how there'd be a lot of people who would can mm-hmm. just focus on the immediate or focus on the negative so i think it's really really cool that you're like oh, i'm just gonna you know work on this other project and this is just a little bump in the road 
Well, we when we first got the diagnosis, we had phone calls from all kinds of people. And I had an aunt of mine call me up and say, well, you know it's not a death sentence. Yeah. And I got off the phone and my wife said, how'd that go? I said, well, I guess it's not a death sentence. <laughs> was she telling you that or her that? <laughs> no, she was telling me that, you know. No, you know, I should, yeah. I shouldn't be down. You're probably going to die, but this is not necessarily a death sentence, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So appreciate it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I love her. I mean, she's one of my favorite people. But I mean, yeah. and she was trying to be encouraging. But we were focused on the death part. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, I have a, uh, a friend, as uh, a minister that, in my mind, should know better, um, but. Death is just a door open, mm -hmm. and eventually mm -hmm. we're all going to get to that place. I mean, you, nobody I know is getting getting a pass on that one. Speak for yourself. Elon Musk might. I'm, I'm yeah. on the beam me up, Scotty plan. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm rapture time. Let's go. But you know, up till then, yeah, you get so much time here, and it, it does speak to. I think the other thing it it's. Um, kind of propelled me into getting hold of people that were important to me that I've maybe neglected a little bit. Hmm. Friends, you know. Yeah. From, you know, like from my boyhood, got a couple of them, and one during college days, I reached out to them, and one that's been my um, kind of uh, more mature adult years friend, and I've talked to him, and so those, that's been real positive. It's um, really cool to me. Yeah. Well, you mentioned how. Oh, sorry. To um, no. Uh, so I was just thinking about your comment earlier of, you know, you got your diagnosis and you're on the way home and you see things more brilliantly. I, I I've been in similar situations where, you, the world seems to shift a little bit when you get right. um, as perspective change like that. Um, and I was wondering like. Does it also shift your perspective on, you know, you're talking about friends that you might have lost touch with or something. Does it change anything when you think back over your life and your time spent or things you've done or haven't done? Does it, do you start taking like, you know, inventory? Yeah. <laughs> and if so, how does, what does that look like? Well, you know, we all have parts of our lives that we look back on and go, what? Oh, yeah. What, what did you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. did that? And I, I, for me, in my faith, and I'm so thankful for this, that um, my righteousness, or whether I've been good or bad, um, is, is not the important factor. My you know, righteousness comes from my God, from Jesus in my life. And I think... Um, to answer your question, yeah, I look back on things that I have registered that it clearly was me. I was making those choices. I was making those decisions. Um, and I, I just was in some kind of different place. And if I was in my right mind, so to speak, there's no way I would have done some of the stuff I've done. 
because uh, mm. it just goes against everything that I b- believe in. Um, so yeah, there's a little indexing and referencing on your life, but I think you can only get down and dwell on that stuff and just give it up in prayer and say, you know, it's it's the best I could do from that from that period of time. I learned from it, maybe a stronger person. I wished I hadn't uh, done it, but I did, and this is what I learned from that. And I think you just de carry on um, with a, a more advanced idea about things, and maybe you can help somebody else. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So my next question has a little caveat to it. So my next question is: Has there been anything funny about cancer? And I want you to tell the story of what I thought was the fuckiest, fucking funniest thing that's happened this year, which was, sorry, D, putting you on the spot, but you went to visit Dad and you got the freaking dog high. I would love to hear that story in great detail because it literally made everything about the pandemic okay for me for a brief period of time. Well, it- as you guys know, I'm not a user of recreational drugs, uh, usually. But um, I, I've got a story about that, too, I'll get to. But I, I th- the first funny thing that comes to mind is when they first connect your colon back together after you've had the surgery, my mm-hmm. surgeon was pretty coy about this. She says, you know, there are little old ladies that have trouble making it to the bathroom. <laughs> after they've had this surgery and my answer was oh that'll never happen to me (laughs) but it did (laughs) so i i went out and and it's kind of scary waiting for your system to start functioning again because you know you whacked it open and cleaned it out and Mm -hmm. it takes a day or so yeah and i came out and i looked at my wife and said I pooped my pants. <laughs> she, she goes, oh, good for you, honey. <laughs> so She's so positive. I, I, was, um, I was on some Oxycontin or some kind of post-surgery drug, and Dee came down to visit, and she brought some um, therapeutics with her. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> And we have another friend who actually grows medical marijuana, and he, we call him Uncle Richie. And his, <laughs> his stuff is, oh, my God. I'll tell you about it in a second. So anyway, <laughs> it was such a blessing to have family around, and Dee was here with Andra. And <laughs> I'll never forget the look on your face. <laughs> Denise, you came out with an empty plastic bag, you know. Uh, I think Buddy got in my luggage, oh. <laughs> and, he, and he ate all the brownies. Yes, he would. I said, "How yeah. many were in there?" I forget what it was—four or six—and it was way too much. And he, but Buddy seemed to be doing okay at that point. Our dog. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then he st- <laughs> he started spastically jerking his front paw every once in a while and and that's when marty and uh, my wife and and indy ran him down to the vet and they ran all kinds of fluids and hooked him up to ivs and the poor dog was just well 
after I pooped my drawers, um, <laughs> we got a whole bundle of Depends. No shame. No and shame in this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said I wanted cowboys and Indians on the panties, <laughs> but I never got them. Well, I did get them later. But anyway, they brought poor Buddy back, and he was having a little trouble. He walked outside, and he peed for like 10 minutes. They'd run so many fluids by him to get rid of all this pot. Yeah. And he was out of his freaking mind. Still and stoned. They, yeah. <laughs> and they... And, D, D, my wife fashioned a doggy uh, depends. <laughs> I cut a hole in the bag, pulled his tail through it, and put him his two back legs in there. <laughs> I which, was barely which, uh, with huh? a ninety-nine with a ninety-nine pound dog was uh, a feat in and of itself. Yeah, yeah continuous high as fuck. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. So I couldn't hardly move. I was just recently out of the hospital and I was on drugs, you know. And yeah. Buddy was standing in a doorway, rocking back and forth, <laughs> staring off into space, and he was pissing all over the floor. I mean, all over the place. And I said, Marty, get in here. You didn't get his diaper on right. And it turns out he had just flooded the whole thing, and it was overflow. He was a poor guy. Anyway, they, they got him outside. They got him fixed up, got a new thing on him, and they brought him back in the room. And he was on his doggy bed, and his face was on the floor. He had one eye open, and I was propped up in a chair near the bed. And he and I were drug drug buddies. Yeah, not only were you drug buddies, you both were wearing Depends. Which, yeah. when I was getting these messages via text, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I was texting D like, what is happening? This is making my life. Like, this dog. And then we were, like, texting about, like, she was going to do a video of the dog high. Right. We were like, oh, do the doors, or, you know, do Pink Floyd. Like... Do some, like, really, you need to give him, this is his one time to be high. So, like, we really yeah. need to make yeah. it a good experience. So, like, pick yeah. the right soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. It was awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, we had a lot of fun with that. And then yeah. I, I didn't use any of uh, those products <laughs> and others that you left behind. But Uncle Richie sent me brownies. Well, you know, I like brownies. So, <laughs> <laughs> this last week... And I've been in this now for 10 weeks. I had to cramp so bad, I thought, well, maybe now's the time. Mm -hmm. So he said, he called me up, he said, take an inch square of these brownies. And I, okay. And then he immediately got back to me, he goes, no, no, and second thought, half inch square. <laughs> oh man, if yeah. I'd taken a half, an inch square, I would have been done. But. I took a half inch square of that, an hour went by, and I was fine. I said, boy, it's not going to do anything for me. 30 minutes later, I couldn't stand. Oh. <laughs> and a, a bird flew into our big glass window here in the living area, and just was horrendous sound. Boom. Ooh. And so I tried to get out of the bed and come see what had happened, because I thought maybe Marty had fallen or something. I I got to the living room door and I went, I can't do this. <laughs> and I grabbed hold of the door and I turned around and I measured there were three steps and a jump to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and the whole way I was leaning in toward the bed, you know, I was just getting closer and closer to the floor, and I just jumped like one of those guys doing one of those fish dolphin things, <laughs> flopping around. Gosh. You porpoised into bed. I, would, I was telling this to another daughter of mine, and she said, I said, well, you know your dad. And she went, yeah, lightweight. Yeah. Boy, was she right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, Uncle Richie, I would assume, has some very strong therapeutics. Um, he doesn't mess around. Well, I, okay, the funny story there is a friend of mine who was in the company I once ran uh, was at our house, and Uncle Richie was out in the garage. It was a raining November up north, and he was uh, smoking some of his finest stuff, and he gave it to a friend of mine and who smoked it. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy said, my lips turn numb, <laughs> my tits turn numb, my belly button I couldn't feel, my nuts went numb. <laughs> I had to stop the car because I couldn't drive, and his wife had to drive him home. It was like three blocks. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Uncle, Uncle Richie has got pig. some good stuff. Get some good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. He's, well, he's got you taken care of. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to see D take some of Uncle Richie's stuff and see how it's like a little oh. experiment. Oh, yeah. Um, see how D does. Well, it's come and visit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in the car tomorrow. Listen, Uncle I, Richie near, lives near me, so we can I, um, Those are the two funniest things, I think, uh, yeah. Ash. Yeah, I mean the the dog was hilarious. We were all <laughs> petrified because we thought, you know, well, yeah. we might have yeah. really overdone it and we wouldn't like to yeah. lose him. But so it was a tension in it. But then he started doing all this stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we realized he's going to be all right. And then it was the funniest thing ever. See, I wasn't yeah. there for the tension, so I was just getting everything text message wise once it got hilarious, and I. Yeah. Oh, I just, oh, man, I really needed that in my life this year. So thank you, Dee, for getting the dog insanely I'm glad I could help out. I know it was Honestly, an expensive vet bill, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I poor Well, poor, no, poor buddy, I mean, but. You know, it certainly wasn't your fault, man. That dog has got food on his brain. He will eat anything that smells like food. Yeah, that is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little touch and go, and I have to say, like, I, I was there to kind of. Um, you can't see me air quoting, but I was there to help. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to do to like start out my first morning there, helping you know Buddy instead of Dad was <laughs> interesting, but. <laughs> Well, you were like fun. a godsend down here. I mean, mm -hmm. cooking dinners and stuff, it really helped Marty. And You know, I would say this um, about the cancer impact on those that are close to you, and you guys shared your reaction, but Marty never complains about mm -hmm. any of this. And it's, it's um, you know, um, I don't want to say a fear, because she's not like that, but it's a concern for her. Mm -hmm. And she's just great so i mean having the help uh was really spot on yeah I, i'm great. trying to think about anything else funny you know it's not i mean <laughs> marty and i give ourselves a report on our gi process for the day <laughs> that, that's kind of funny sometimes it's awesome 
And I normally, I get to guess how many times you've gone in the day, yeah. and I'm normally pretty damn accurate. <laughs> That's always fun. You are. Oh, it's scary. Yeah. First time what's we did what? that, you nailed it. Yeah, well, you and know. Oh, that is you, scary. I'm the bowel, within... bowel movement whisperer. I just, like, know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Dad, what's your record the, for oh, one day? Good 20. Yep, that's Whoa. what I guessed. I guessed that right. No way. In a day. Yeah. Wow. Are you? But uh. <laughs> it's kind of funny too. You, the things you discover about yourself, well, you, you're because you're dealing with all these nasty ass toxic chemicals. Your system is raw and sensitized. I think yeah. one of the big problems for me was I was eating salt and pepper pistachios. Oh. And the pepper would just play in hell with my innards. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's, since I backed off of that, it, it's not been as bad, but it's still challenging, you know. It's just. Mm-hmm. Would you say the lower GI situation would be your least favorite thing, or does something else trump that? And yes, the, I said trump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the toughest thing in my mind, because you, yeah. you can't go anywhere and it when I first started it it uh, was a day after chemo Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. the second one around it was two or three days and then the third round was three or four days and then fifth round we'll find out on you know it just um, it's cumulative your your body doesn't get rid of all these chemicals and to exacerbate it they also give you a pump that's plugged into your chest and you know that was a little surgery to get that thing impl- uh, implanted but you'll remember with your daughter um, that such a blessing yeah <laughs> to, to not have them digging around for veins to do your IVs you know it's yeah it's port um, went to a dermatologist today <laughs> today I look over thing everything's fine but he took one look at me with my shirt off and saw that port, and he went, that's not what we want to see here. We don't want to see that. What's your, what's your story? You know, so I had to tell him where, uh, where the story is. But I th- I'd say the lower GI is the toughest thing mm-hmm. to deal with. But I, you get philosophical. But anyway, I was hoping that in the first week it contained it, the second week where you're still recovering but further away from the time you had the actual chemo it should be better and that's largely been true Hmm. but um, I'll never say I'm not looking forward to the time when this is over because I am yeah yeah Yeah, I can imagine so have you had any trippy ass dreams since you've been doing chemo um yeah a little bit um what I'm finding lately, you know, with the anemia, I was going to bed at 7 at night, mm-hmm. you know, getting up at like 6 in the morning. And since um, uh, I had the surgery and uh, hemoglobins are back up, my, um, I'm sleeping better now. Good. So I... I, I go to bed at 9.15, give or take, and I'm out till well, a little before 5. Mm-hmm. And that, that for me is a miracle. And so in that period, I, I've dreamed more about um, broader visions, I would say. 
okay. you know not not details but um, just concept places that I I enjoy or have enjoyed like alpine lakes and flowing rivers and hmm. um, but nothing weird or that's good I know some people go on various forms of drugs and they have these tremendously terrible nightmares. Oh, really? And that's mm. not me. No, thank uh, God. Yeah. Seems peaceful. Yeah. It does. I um, kind of wish I could have the. I mean, I don't wish I could go through what you're going through, but those dreams mm. sound amazing. Yeah, they do. Well, colonoscopies, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's more of a man's problem than. Hey, I've had one. Women. It's not fun. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Pass. But I, I don't know. I, it was kind of trippy when I came out of it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I like propofol. Oh, I like it too. <laughs> Dad, do you remember when I got my colonoscopy and I came out of it? Do you remember? Yep. And you were there? And I was like moving around so much, my thing popped out and I was like splurting blood places. Anyways, <laughs> just reminded me of that for some reason. Wow. Yeah. I remember that. There, yeah. Wow. Well. Anyways. <laughs> it, uh, everything the, turned out fine. There. The dreams are, are not. I'm not much of a dreamer um, because I don't go into deep REM. But mm. um, the dreams I've had have been more peaceful. Good. Um, yeah, that's good. Mm. Kind of. That's um, a good question. I uh, I wonder what these people. That'd be a good question for the people that come into Arizona oncology. Yeah, because they just look like carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. I can only imagine what their subconscious does to them, you know. Because you're fighting this battle as a spiritual reality inside your body, but it's also a huge mind trip. Because you can't really really go, that's not me. That's not happening to me. No. What did you say? Why don't you shut your pie hole, you know? And, but once you internalize it and lean into it uh, and know that God's got this no matter what, you can relax. It's not your journey anymore. And so that's more of what I've been doing. I, Marty knows there are weak moments for me when I just look at her and say, I, I really wished I wasn't doing this today. Yeah. But it just is a moment. It's not like uh, I've kicked my own ass and said, get in there. Come on, let's go. You know. I have to say, yeah. you've been insanely positive through this whole thing. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know anyone else. Well, I've only known a few people who've gone through cancer, but, y- yeah. You're like the most positive person <laughs> going through well, cancer. That, that means I a lot. Thank that. you. Yeah. I second that. It's been... Good. Thanks. I mean, it's been huge. Like, I, I know you really feel that, but like, as someone who cares deeply about you, watching you go through so, through something so difficult, it's also an inspiration, yeah. I think, for, for myself and for others to watch you go through this with such a positive attitude. Okay, here's the, here's the deal. Can't make yeah. me cry. Oh, no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but but it really has, no, and, I, and honestly, yeah. it's it also. I mean, no pressure on you, but it also makes, in some ways, makes it easier to watch yeah. you go through it well, because I really do feel like that plays a huge part in your recovery and how yeah. you mm-hmm. the perspective is everything. I mean, we're talking about the power of prayer, but like 
your thoughts really do carry a lot of power with them and yeah so it's it's really it's really cool and, and inspiring to watch and I'm, it, it might get harder before it gets easier but um you've been handling it beautifully like amazingly well i appreciate you you saying that and I, I think for me, I don't know about other folks, I think a lot of people that go inside themselves mm-hmm. and hang on to every nasty detail of what's going on to you, um, it's it could be much harder. But for me, maintain the positive. I know it's important to me, uh, but as you were saying, Dee, it's important to the people that love you and care for you. And I've had a lot of comments outside the family <clears throat> you know, shirt tail relatives and that sort of thing that people have been following it. I can't tell you the amount of prayer support I have from, you know, there are, <laughs> there's a whole church of Catholics in uh, Ogden, Utah that are praying for me. I've got people I've known in business, my family, um, d- you know, almost daily. Uh, in uh, my buddy from um, grade school has got his church and another church fired up. I mean, I got a lot of people praying for me. And um, it, it's buoyed me up and it's helped me stay positive. But I feel a sense of obligation is the wrong word, but um, care for the people that care about you. Uh, they don't want to see you suffer. And, I, and, not, and not that I've suffered in that sense, but just... It's, I think it's important to them that they see that you're doing well and that you're doing um, your self-work, I think, yeah. probably is a way to yeah. say it. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely allowed to have a, a day or two or more oh, where man. you're like, oh, yeah, this sh- cancer has uh, cancer shit. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I pre- appreciate that. So far, I haven't had one of those. Really? really. Oh, really. Wow. I definitely would have had a few. You're a much better person than me. No, 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 no. That's not true. I can tell you. I've watched you grow up, and I know what I've done. So, no, you got nothing on me. I don't know. I've got some stories. <laughs> oh, that's been good. Yeah. Well, Dad, Dad, anything else that, that we didn't ask you that, or is something that's meaningful that you would love to share? Like, it's, it's an interesting perspective that you have going through this, so, yeah. Well, it, um, I don't know if this is that far afield from the questions that you guys asked, which were good, and I've written answers and dwelt on them, so I, they kind of flow off my head, but there has been a sense in me to provide for wife, and have a sense of legacy beyond my existence on earth and it's not a morbid thought i don't mean it that way but it's uh, what can i do when i'm essentially retired to build equity build value work on the prosperity of my life that will carry people if i'm not here and uh, in the old days it used to be insurance policies but you're not too insurable when you get to be our age. So <laughs> you are, but they want a ton for it. But yeah. I think um, so. For me, it's kind of sparked that entrepreneurial mm, flame that says, "Okay, what are you doing? Get off your ass." Mm. 
Your ass is a little busy right now, though. So <laughs> maybe just let your ass recover, and then you can get it off. Get off your ass a little bit. <laughs> well, just just to be clear, this actually wasn't ass cancer. This was yeah. uh, colon colon cancer way up where I attached to the, my small intestine. Up, okay. I, w- I wouldn't want true ass cancer. No, thank you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Good clarification. Right, then, you, <laughs> then I guess yeah, it probably is okay to get off your ass when yeah. it, when you when your okay. colon is ready for your ass to go. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, Dad, this has been wonderful. It's thank you so much for sharing the good, the bad, the ugly, and the funny mm-hmm. with us. Well, for this all the people great. listening, get your colonoscopy. That's all I got to say. I put mine off too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you went big, but um, you know, I think you're gonna like kill it big too. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be good. All right. I agree. Okay. Until next time. Thank you. Okay. Much love. Bye-bye.